Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord? Today we're looking in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. We're going to begin reading verse number 10. We're reading from the New Living Translation this morning. Paul writes and he says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. This morning I'm using for my subject, Living Thankful. Living thankful. Father, I thank you, Father, because you are such an awesome and an incredible and a wonderful and a marvelous God. And Lord, I just bless your name today because you are worthy of all praise. God, I just pray again today that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message, upon the messenger. God, let the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest upon the ears of the hearers today. God, may they receive your word. Father, may they put in practice what they receive today. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. If you were to ask me to list the top ten ingredients to a happy, fulfilling, and joy-filled life, somewhere at the top of my list would be living thankful. An attitude of gratitude, I believe, will do more for you And will take you farther than just about any other thing. I personally believe that an average person who practices living thankful will far surpass the gift and talented who excel at grumbling and complaining. I have a challenge for someone here today, perhaps for several someones here today. And that challenge is instead of constantly complaining about what you don't have, or where you'd rather live, or what you'd rather be doing, why not try being thankful for what you do have? Why not try being thankful for where you are? Why not try and be thankful for what you are doing? See, I believe that that you will never be happy. You will never be satisfied. You will never be fulfilled as long as you focus on the negative aspects of life. Only those who choose to live thankfully will ever possess true joy. Now, there are five things that I see in our scripture uh, for today that, that, that I believe we must understand if we are going to be able to practice thankful living. The first thing that we need to understand this morning is we need to understand about the giver. The first thing that we find in this passage is we find the giver. Verse 10 says, for God is the one who provides. 
Who provides? See, we need to understand that God is the source of everything we have. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1 says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I love the old story about the inventor who challenged God on, on, on who could create the latest and the greatest new thing. And God said to him, all right, I'll take you up on that challenge. And, and, and God said to him, said, I'll even let you go first. And so the inventor bent down and scooped up a handful of dirt in order to create something with the dirt. But God looked at him and said, oh, no, you don't. Get your own dirt. See, before we can begin to live thankful, we must first understand who the giver is. Daily in prayer, I remind myself that without God, I am absolutely nothing. That without God, I cannot even lift my little finger. That without God, I cannot hear, I cannot see, I cannot talk. I can't even take my next breath unless God gives me the air to breathe. Acts chapter 17 and verse 28 says, In Him we live and we move and we exist. Until we acknowledge that God is the source of everything we have. That everything that we have has been given to us by Him. That if He didn't give to us what we have, we wouldn't have anything. Until we acknowledge the giver, we will never be able to practice living thankful. The next thing that I see in this passage is I see the gift. I not only do do I see the the giver, but I also see the gift. And verse number 10 says that, For God is the one who provides seed. We need to understand that God's gifts are to be used as seeds. I believe that one of the main reasons most people run out of resources is because they eat or consume all of God's gifts that he gives to them. See, God's gifts are to be used as seeds. And these seeds must be sown. Verse 10 again, God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. See, the seed can only turn into bread to eat if it is sown into the ground and only if it grows a crop that is then harvested and then turned into bread. Verse number 10, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. And this can only happen if the seed that has been given to us by God is sown. And we must understand that God has, hasn't given us his gifts just for us and just for our consumption. But he wants us to take a portion of what he gives us and sow it. Amen. See, if we consume all of God's gifts, his gifts will soon be gone. But if we will sow some of his gifts, his gifts will multiply into a great harvest. The next thing that I see in today's scripture is I see the gain. The last of verse 10 says, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity 
in you. And in verse number 11, he said, yes, you will be enriched in every way. See, people who acknowledge God as the giver, people who acknowledge God as the source of everything they have, people who are wise and generous with the gifts that God gives them, people who refuse to consume everything they receive but choose rather to sow a portion, these people will enjoy the gain that God desires them to have. We need to understand this this morning. That is, God wants to give good things to his people. We need to understand that God is a good God. The Bible calls God our Heavenly Father. And as our Heavenly Father, God loves his children. And as an earthly father loves his children and wants to do good for his children and wants to see his children succeed and wants to see his uh, children be blessed, that is the way our Heavenly Father is toward us as well. God wants good things for his people. He desires to provide for and bless his people. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 11, Jesus said, If an earthly father knows how to give good gifts to his children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask him? And in Luke chapter 12 and verse number 32, it says, It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We're talking about the gain right now. People who understand and recognize and acknowledge who the giver is. And they are wise and they are prudent and they are generous with his gifts. These people have much to gain. Let me suggest two things about the game this morning. Number one, it's determined by the amount sown. The gain is determined by the amount sown. Back up to verse number six says, remember this, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. If you, want a gain, if you want your gain to be a little, that's not a problem at all. Just sow a little. Not a problem at all. If that's all you want, if you want a little bitty harvest, it's not hard to get a little bitty harvest. All you've got to do is just sow a little bitty crop. But on the other hand, if you want your gain to be a lot, then, then, then that's possible too. Then all you need to do is sow a lot. Here's what I've come to know, and that is most of the people who struggle financially, Most of the people that struggle financially are either not tithers and not givers. Because the Bible says that if you're a tither, God will open the windows of heaven over your life. And that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I've discovered that most people that struggle financially are either not tithers, they're not givers, or they are poor managers of the harvest they do receive from their sowing. 
See, there's a lot of tithers that are broke too. And they say, well, you know, you know, you preach all this stuff about tithing and God opened the windows of heaven over my life and God's blessing over my life and, and, and I'm a tither and I don't seem to be seeing it. No, no, no. The problem is not that God is not opening the windows of heaven over your life. It's not that God is not blessing your life. It is that you are not being wise with what he is giving you and what he is blessing you with. See, some people are broke because of a lack of income. But many are broke because they don't manage a good income wisely. I'm giving you two things about the gain. Number one, it's determined by the amount sowed. Number two, it's determined by the attitude of the sower. Verse number seven says, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And Paul writes, he says, don't give reluctantly and don't give in response to pressure. Now, first of all, we need to understand the context. We need to understand he's not talking about tithing here. They were receiving an, an offering. They were gather, gathering an offering for, for the poor Christians in Jerusalem. And this, he was not talking about tithing, which is mandatory according to the Scripture. So... I, as far as tithing goes, I don't have to look in my heart and decide whether or not I'm going to tithe. No, the Bible says that it is mandatory. The Bible tells us that that, that, is, that is what we owe God. So don't get this mix, mixed up this morning. He's not talking about tithing. He's talking about an offering. He said, you must each decide in your own heart how much you will give. And don't give reluctantly or don't give in response to pressure. For God loves a cheerful Giver. The only way that you can become a cheerful giver is once again by understanding who the giver is and what his gifts are for. Now, a clear example of this can be found in the parable Jesus told about the talents. And this story can be found in Matthew chapter number 25. Now, for sake of time this morning, and because I preached an entire a sermon on this recently, I'm not going to go through it again, but I do recommend that you read this story because it fits well in our setting today. Let's move on. The fourth thing that I see here is the generosity. Verse number 11, Paul writes, You will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Now, there are two things that we need to know about generosity. The first one is the purpose of the gain is giving. I hope you'll get what I've got to say here in the next five minutes or so. Listen to me very, very carefully and very closely. Those of you that are young this morning, if you could just get a hold of this this morning, if you could only get a hold of this principle this morning, it could totally revolutionize your life. Two things we need to know about generosity. Number one, the purpose of the gain is giving. See, the problem that most people have with gain is that they think that more is all for me. Now, let me, let me be clear this morning. There's nothing wrong with keeping some of the more. When God gives you a harvest, when God, when God uh, blesses you with more, there's nothing wrong with keeping some of the more. But more is not all just for me. Because the purpose of the more or the purpose of the gain is giving. 
Notice what it says here in verse number 11. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. Say in every way. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that. Here's the key this morning. Notice these two words. So that. Say so that. Paul says in verse 11, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that. So that what? He goes on to say, so that you can always be generous. So what is Paul saying here? He is saying that the purpose of the gain is giving. The purpose for more. The, the purpose for, what, for the more that God puts into our lives is so that we can give. The purpose of the gain is giving. Second thing we need to understand about generosity is generosity guarantees perpetual gain. Oh, you need to hear this morning. I don't think you're getting this this morning. Or you'd be a little bit, you'd be getting into it a little bit more this morning. You need to understand this. Please get a hold of this this morning. If you don't get a hold of anything else, get a hold of this this morning. That is generosity guarantees perpetual gain. Notice the last of verse number 10. God will produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Verse 11, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Generosity guarantees perpetual gain. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25 says, give freely or give more. What's going to happen if I give freely? What's going to happen if I give more? I'm going to have less, right? I'm going to run out, right? That's the way a lot of people think. That's not what the wisdom writer wrote. He said, give freely and become more wealthy. He said, be stingy and you'll lose everything. See, God's kingdom is an upside down kingdom. We think that in order to have more, we need to keep what we have. And just keep hoarding it and just keep pouring it on. But that is the the world's kingdom. But God's kingdom, no, no, no. God's kingdom is that if you give freely, you'll, you'll, you'll become more wealthy. If you become stingy, you will lose everything. He goes on and he says, the generous will prosper. When we talk about giving, oh, people like to put fingers in their ears and people like to roll their eyes back in the back of their head. They all know the pastor's at it again, man. He's trying to get in my wallet. He's trying to get in my check, but he's trying to get in my bank account. Here it is again. Oh, no, no. No, listen, I'm going to tell you that when the preacher begins to preach about generosity and about giving, amen, if his heart is right, what he's trying to do is get you blessed. See, I'm not just trying to get money out of you this morning. I'm trying to get more money in your pocket. I'm trying to get more money in your wallet. I'm trying to get more money in your bank account. And the way I'm going to do that is if I teach you to be generous with God and understand that more is not all for me, but more is for me to give away. And if I'm willing to give away what God gives me, that God will give me some more. i got to read it again. Give freely and become more wealthy. Give, be, be stingy and lose everything. You either believe the word or you don't believe the word. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you. 
full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. And he goes on to say, the amount you give will will determine the amount you get back. See, generosity guarantees perpetual gain. Here's what I have what I believe and what I have experienced. Now, I've given this to you before, but there's brand new people here this morning, and some of you have forgotten this. But I believe this with all of my heart. And if I could only get it in, inside of you and as a part of your DNA. And this is what I believe, but not only do I believe it, but I have experienced it. And that is if God can get it through you, he will get it to you. Here's what I believe and I have experienced. If you'll become a giver, God will always make sure you have something to give. Generosity guarantees perpetual gain. All right, let's notice the last thing I see in today's scripture, and that is I see the gratitude. The gratitude. And here we are at the Thanksgiving season. Verses 12 through 14 says, So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. I want us to notice here that gratitude should be multi-directional. Our gratitude should be multi-directional. Directional. First of all, it should be outward. Outward. Verse 14 says, They will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. The recipients of the gifts that the members of the Corinthian church gave, they were very thankful to the people who gave the gifts. Their gratitude was outward. Their gratitude was directed at the believers that provided the gift. Likewise, you and I should be diligent in thanking all of the people that have poured into our lives. Whether they... Whether their gifts were monetary gifts or the gift of time or the gift of mentoring us by, by teaching and training and instructing. Here's a good idea. Here's a good idea. During this Thanksgiving season, why not sit down and just begin to write a list of as many people as you possibly can remember who have influenced in your life, who have poured into your life, who have been a blessing to you and to your life, why not take a pen and a piece of paper and just start writing down a list of the people you can remember? It might be a Sunday school teacher. It might be a, a, a school teacher. It might be a pastor. It might be a youth pastor. It might be parents, grandparents. could be a family friend. could be a colleague. And once you have compiled this list, then why not sit down and write out some thank you cards? 
Maybe think about somebody, you know, 20, 25, 30 years ago for some of you with a little age on you, you know. And they may not even, you know, they may have, it may have been years since you even talked to them or communicated with them. But, but how good would it be for them to, to, to go to the mailbox and, get a, and get, a, get a letter from somebody from 30 years ago? They hadn't heard in 30 years, but if they open it up and in this thing, there's a thank you note saying, you know what? You know, this happened or that happened or something else happened and you were instrumental, instrumental in blessing me and encouraging me and helping me. What would that be like? Maybe, maybe make some phone calls and call some people and say, you know what? You know what? I'm just thinking about you and I'm just thinking about the impact uh, that you made in my life. I'm just thinking about the positive influence. I'm just thinking about the fact that I am today partially because of you and your impact and what you've done in my life. And I just want to call you and thank you. Can I tell you that I was so, I was so excited. Nobody was excited last week but me. But I, man, I was stoked in the second, you, you don't know anything about it, but, but I was so excited last Sunday to be able to honor one of my early ministry mentors in the 11 o'clock service. He just turned 80 years of age. Him and his wife were getting on up in the years. And, and so they moved uh, to the Metroplex uh, over in, in, in Benbrook and to be close to their daughter and close to their, their, their grandson so they could, could have some, some help as, as, as time goes on in their, in their life. And so I have reconnected with him. And, and, and I understand it's, at his age, it's too far for them to drive here every Sunday. But, I, but oh, it was such an awesome thing for me to, to have them in the service in the second Service for me just to spend just a moment just to remember them and to honor them. See, I can remember as a young pastor in my early 20s. I can remember having this seasoned pastor in my life. This seasoned pastor that had much wisdom. This seasoned pastor that was a great leader. And when I would get in a bind or when I would need some, some help or I would need some wisdom, I could get on the phone or I could get in my car. He was about 50 miles away and I could go by his office and I could know that I could talk to him. I know that he would talk to me and I knew that he would give me good sound advice and good sound wisdom. He had already been long down the road that I was then traveling. I knew I could have him to help me. Let me tell you, it's been many, many years since this man has influenced my life. But I remember my early 20s when he was an incredible, uh, incredible influence in my life. And what an honor it was for him to sit there by me and my wife, him and his wife, to sit there in the second service last week. And I could just say thank you and honor these people. Today, my phone often rings as young pastors now call me, asking me for advice and asking me for wisdom. I love the story I've told you before of the old farmer who saw a turtle sitting on top of a fence post. And the old farmer said to the turtle, it's quite obvious you didn't get up here all by yourself. And so it is with you and so it is with me this morning. So it is with us. We didn't get to where we are today. We didn't get to where we are without some help. Thankful living includes outward gratitude. A couple years ago, I, I called the man who informed me of the pastoral position that was vacant in this church about 12 and a half years ago. The man who insisted to me that I was the man for the job. Church didn't look anything like it does today back then. But I'm telling you that without his informing me and without his encouraging me, I would not be standing up here 
today. So a couple of years ago, actually on our 12th anniversary, I called him. I actually invited him to the 12th anniversary. I wanted to publicly honor him and thank him for, because if if it hadn't been for him, I wouldn't even have known about this church. And if it hadn't been for him prodding me, you know, after I found out what shape the church was in, I said, no, thank you. But he kept prodding me and said, no, 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 you need to think about this. And I wanted him to come. He he had a conflict. He couldn't come that day. He wasn't there, but I did. I called him. I talked to him. I said, Jimmy, thank you. Thank you. About that time, I also called another early ministry mentor of mine who taught me much about, about how to love people. This man that I'm thinking about, he taught me how to love my family. Did a lot of family seminars back in those days, and, and, and he taught a lot about family. And he would teach my church for two or three hours, but then we would go home, and, uh, and, and, and my wife would, would, would feed them, and, and we'd sit around the table, and then he, they, they would just pour into our life many times, two, three, four hours at a time, sitting there just gleaning from their wisdom and their knowledge. And this, this man poured into my life, and he taught me how to love people, and he taught me how to love my family, and he taught me how to handle my finances. And I called him a couple, uh, some time ago and I thanked him for his influence in my life. And I told him that some of the things that he taught me, I now teach others. Kind of like Paul and Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, Paul writes and he says, Hey, Timmy, Timmy, he said, the things that I taught you, he said, now it's your turn. It's time for you to teach others what I have taught you. My, my subject today is living thankful. I cannot express enough how important that this is is. I believe that it is totally life changing. When we get a hold of this and, and actually begin to practice it. But the sad truth of the matter is most people focus on what they don't have. Or they focus on where they'd rather be. Or they focus on what they'd rather be doing instead of living thankful. They don't appreciate where they are on the way to where they are going. They're not grateful for what they have. Rather, they are griping about what they don't have. I'm afraid too many are like the pilot. The pilot who would always alter his course just enough to fly over a little creek. And as he would fly over the little creek, he would always tip the wing of his plane just a little as he flew over the creek. And one day the co-pilot who had ridden with him many times and had been there many times when he saw the pilot alter the course just a little bit and tip the wing over that little creek. One day the co-pilot asked him why in the world he did this. And the pilot explained what he was doing. He said, when I was just a little bitty boy, he said, I fished in that very creek down there. That's the creek that I fished in as a little boy. And as a little boy, as I would fish in the creek, I would look up and I would see the planes that were flying over this creek. And he said, as a little boy, I would dream of someday I would be the pilot. And one day I would be the pilot flying over the creek. He said, now that I'm a pilot, I fly over the creek. I look down with what... I look down, and I wish I could be down there fishing. And that describes too many people. Oh, so it is with far too many today. Oh, oh, when they're fishing, they wish they they were flying. And when they are flying, they grumble because they're not fishing. How sad. Gratitude should be multidirectional. Not only should it be directed outward, but it also should be directed upward. 
Verse 12, two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and there will, they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Verse 13, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. Not only did they direct their thanks outward to those who gave and brought the gifts, but also realizing who the true giver is, they directed their thanks upward and gave glory to God. Living thankful includes upward gratitude. Let me tell you that we should not allow a day to go by that we have not thanked God for his many and various blessings in our lives. I get Kristen Clay back this morning. The takeaway for the message today is this. Living thankful is a key ingredient to a happy, fulfilling, and joy-filled life. Let me tell you that I'm a happy pastor. I'm a happy pastor. I don't go off to conventions and huddle with other pastors and talk about how hard ministry is. I don't huddle with other ministers and and sing the blues about how bad it is to be a pastor and how bad it is to deal with, with, you know, with the negativity that goes on in the church. Let me tell you, I've been around 43 years. It's there. It happens. But I'm going to tell you the reason why. It's not because I'm so great or so anything, but I'm going to just tell you. It's just because I am just a grateful and thankful person. And a long, long time ago, I just started practicing that attitude of gratitude. Amen. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. God has been good to me. He's a great God. He's my God. And let me tell you that if God never did one other thing for me the rest of my life, I have the rest of my life to thank Him. If He never did anything other than the fact that He loved me enough that He sent His one and only Son to do for me what I could never ever do for myself. If God did nothing else but send Jesus to the cross to pay for the penalty for my sin, that is enough. But I'm like the psalmist who said, bless the Lord, O O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And he said, God daily loadeth us with benefits. See, too many of you are trying too hard to look for God's blessing. Let me tell you, God's blessing isn't hard to find. Listen, the very breath you have in your body is something to be grateful for and thankful for. Amen. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today, I want to challenge you today to start living thankful.